Well, welcome, callers, too. The calls are coming from Inside the Podcast Season 2. We're starting off with a really exciting birthday celebration because we have a few birthday folks on the call today. I mean, for example, your lovely host, myself, Kevin Sparrow, my birthday is the very day that this episode comes out, but we also have with us today, Jill Stone, who you might remember from our ep- episode on The Exorcist, uh, who is also an upcoming birthday celebrant. Yes. Yeah. My birthday is right around the corner, uh, February 3rd. Yeah. Ooh, happy birthday, guys. <laughs> Thanks. And a recent, recent birthday E. I mean, I guess everyone <laughs> has a birthday. We're still within the month. Um, but our our other guest today, Aisha Jaffer, calling in from Nashville, uh, radio, music, sound, everything, audio, um, goddess. <laughs> All audio. <laughs> <laughs> but um, also exists in real life too. You're not just on the airwaves. Um, <laughs> I'm just so, us. That's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. World traveler. Um, <laughs> So really excited to have some of my good friends on our Call In Your Defense episode today, where we go head to head to pick one birthday themed horror movie that is going to reign supreme over them all. Um, So for this structure today, Aisha and I will be picking one movie, giving a defense of why that's the better one for Jill to watch. Now, Jill, you're not necessarily like the biggest horror fan or it's not necessarily something that's in your wheelhouse so we know that you probably haven't seen the movies that we're going to be discussing today is that is that accurate yeah when you you sent a list and i had not seen any of those movies so like there's no like preconceived notion of you know which one might be better <laughs> <laughs> so and I, I there's no, uh, no guarantee that even if I pick a movie that I'm actually going to watch it. <laughs> well, we're not going to follow up on that part. Just we'll get as far as what's the most interesting one. Though we could set up a thing maybe. Yeah. On your actual birthday, we're going to sit you down. Right, you right, right. <laughs> a movie that you chose. What a gift. Right. What a gift. <laughs> You know, it can be, it can be, however you want to deal with the movie after this is up to you. But, you know, we had a really exciting time back when we were picking our favorite uh, Halloween series out of the Halloween movies back on Halloween. So I don't know that we'll always do something that's related to a, a certain holiday, but I couldn't pass up a good birthday celebration in this way so in order to kind of do this i have a few different categories that we're going to go through but we have a typical debate structure where aisha and i will go back and forth giving the 
fascinating background of each of these movies, just to give you enough of a taste. I'm going to try not to give too many spoilers. In general, on the podcast, I'm pretty open. You know, we're going to spoil some things about a movie. But in this case, we want it to appeal to you to seek it out. So at least for my film, I have kind of spoilers limited. I don't know. Aisha, if you're if you're uh, averse to spoilers or how you're going to set things up, but I feel like you should go first so I can follow your structure. Mm. <laughs> Unless that's Great. cheating yeah. for me. <laughs> it's not cheating, but we'll go kind of category by category and I can speak on my film first and let, me, let you speak on yours. But basically, we kind of just will go through the merits of this movie as a whole with an opening remark and then kind of go through each element of what a movie is. So if you've never seen a movie before, we help lay out um, all the component parts of it. Although I don't imagine anyone listening has not seen a movie. (laughs) (laughs) But perhaps. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Just before we get into it. So what's your history with uh, horror movies, Aisha, since it's your first time? Oh my on the gosh. podcast and I, I mean I know somewhat because <laughs> we've uh watched them before <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm a huge fan of horror films and I remember like every year when I lived in Chicago going to the music box theater for the is it 24 hours or is it 72 hours I felt like I lived in 20... a theater <laughs> <laughs> 24. only 24 but just like it watching, felt like 72 yeah all day all night any horror movies uh growing up you know I'd go to Blockbuster find the worst cover that I could find and watch that horror movie and that's how I got into horror movies because really they had the best mm. covers with my f- friends every Friday we'd do that that's what we did all through high school elementary school um, hiding in the basement watching horror movies and my first movie ever was my brother used to watch me <clears throat> was puppet master six so like that was my first movie ever very specifically i like yeah. that it's <laughs> puppet master six <laughs> yeah i mean i could be yeah that's i'm pretty sure that's it and so that's my horror movie like history i love it and it's been, always been a part of me and it's, you know, it's to the point where, like, I, I moved to Nashville and my friend uh, Caitlin flew here to spend a week with me so we could do all the horror movie, all the horror stuff, because my partner hates that stuff. Oh, <laughs> but just, yeah. like, I have to do it. I want to see zombies on trampolines. Let's go, you know? So <laughs> I want to see zombies on trampolines. Come what? visit. It happens here. <laughs> yeah. I know. Interestingly, Nashville has a few different spots like that right like really um, unbelievable like haunted places one that's all year round and they theme it around valentine's day and christmas and everything Mm. so yeah you can get your horror fix here in nashville uh excellent good to know so if anyone out there is uh listening from nashville keep your ears peeled let us know what kind of exciting interesting weird horror goopiness you get up to there but speaking of holiday themes, let's get into our, our birthday movies. So we have two films out of a list of many. I gave a few different options. So these two are like the top tier picks of our list. And maybe in the future, we'll, we'll have them battle out with some of our other favorites. But the movie that I'm going to be talking about today is one that just is a personal, special favorite. I don't know. I just felt like I 
grew up with it. So I always have it in mind as like the pinnacle birthday movie. And that is Happy Birthday to Me from 1981. And Aisha, which birthday movie did you choose? (laughs) Yeah, I think this is one like that is a personal favorite because I love old movies. So I'm like, I'm kind of glad you chose an older one, too. Mine's uh, it's called Frogs from 1972. And it stars Sam Elliott, who is a total babe in the 70s and still today as an older guy. But um, go Sam Elliott, saving young, hot Sam Elliott. Yep. Young, hot Sam Elliott in 1972. It's wild. Uh, these movies and frogs, maybe I'll get into it later, do play a, a role in Happy Birthday to Me as well. What? Really? <laughs> <laughs> a small a small role um, but we'll talk about it in a bit okay so to start with i'm gonna give an opening statement of just kind of the high points of why i think jill should pick this movie if she's gonna sit down for a little snuggly birthday watch it's the middle of february it's cold it's snowy you know you got to find something to to warm up with And so the reason I picked Happy Birthday to me, as I mentioned, of course, it's a personal favorite that was just playing on whatever movie channel a lot uh, in the early 2000s. So when I was a teenager, I think I just kind of gravitated to it as one of the classic slasher films. It came out in 1981, which kind of followed up on the success of all the other holiday slashers that were coming out at that time, like Halloween, Friday the 13th, New Year's Evil. Uh, There's tons. Every slasher movie at that time period was about some holiday. But this one has more of a pedigree to it. And there's a little bit bigger budget going on. So it's kind of a, a bit higher end, I think. And there's more of a whodunit mystery aspect to it. And even though the poster, speaking of uh, covers, which I don't know, you may have seen this cover before, Aisha. It has a guy with his mouth open about to get shish kebabbed in the face. Yes. (laughs) Uh, And it says six of the most bizarre murders that you've ever seen. Even with that kind of front loading, the slasher element of it, it is kind of more of a psychological thriller There's some interesting social commentary in it, and there's a really wild twist ending that I think puts it above some of the other slasher films of that era. So to sum it all up, I think it's good if you need just like an example. You're like, I don't really want to watch every slasher known to existence. This is, I would say, is one to put on there. And it just, because it centers around a birthday, it's also kind of, I feel like it's unique in that aspect for the type of movie it is. Obviously, we know other birthday horror movies exist, but this one is always a really, uh, I think it's fun. It's not super challenging, but there's enough interesting things going on that I think it's always a a good worthwhile watch, in my opinion. Hopefully you think so, too. But let's turn it over to you, Aisha. Why is Frogs the better birthday horror pick? (laughs) Well, I mean, if knowing that Jill's not necessarily super into horror films, I was surprised when I rewatched it that this is actually rated PG. <laughs> but it's definitely a classic 1972. And if you're an environmentalist like me, it's got a lot of elements of that in it. It almost 
it like borderline is a film frogs is a film almost about it's almost like you're watching a nature documentary a little bit because there's so many gratuitous shots of different animal species and they're essentially revolting against this rich family in the south that's celebrating their grandfather's birthday together it's something they do every year uh for a week in this kind of plantation setting so you want to hate them and the animals do because of their defense of i guess this family over years like ruining the ecology of the area and so sam elliott hot sam elliott is a wildlife conservationist who figures this out and tr and tries to save this family but of course you know i'm not going to tell you much more about that but i do i think it's the gratuitous scenes I love cheesy horror, and so the 70s and 80s do that really well. Um, the over-the-top kill scenes that are ridiculous and unbelievable. Um, <laughs> and the fact that it's the animals makes it even better, because uh, you're kind of rooting for evil in this. Yeah, is it? Is it evil? <laughs> That's the question. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you question which side you're rooting for, really. They make it easy to root for Sam Elliott. Okay, and our next category is going to be the story of the movie. What kind of happens, just in an overview way. So in Happy Birthday to Me, the top 10 of Crawford Academy are a bunch of rich, privileged jerks who like to play pranks on each other and the town around them. As members of the group begin to go missing, our final girl, Virginia, starts to recover memories from the night of a car crash that killed her mother four years earlier. Jenny wonders if what she's experiencing is real or not, and as we move closer to Virginia's birthday, the bodies pile up, and the truths about her mother's death start to come together in Virginia's mind. But will she be able to help herself and the surviving top ten? We'll find out. Uh, and Aisha, what about you? What happens in Frogs? And, and I kind of touched a bit on Frogs' plot. But it starts, and I think this is key, uh, and this doesn't really give things away, but it starts with Sam Elliott taking photos of wildlife in his canoe, my favorite activity of all time. Uh, and then these two rich kids in their speedboat kind of, um, they flip him overboard by getting too close. So they, in, they help him out and invite him onto their uh, family's estate where they invite him to stay uh, and he meets the rich millionaire grandfather in which they're all celebrating the birthday and 4th of July for. Mm -hmm. So he goes on to, so Sam Elliott joins this family, gets to individually meet every single character on this estate and they decide to keep him around. When they notice, they start to send him out on little excursions, the millionaire grandfather who disagrees with him about the ecology of the land, of course. Um, is asking him favors because in the old school days, this is the man of the house, the man with the money. So you listen to him and do what he says and finds, uh, you know, this other man that worked for him dead and finds these other people who wander off, don't come back and mysteriously disappear. And his theory is it's the animals fighting back. And you see all these gratuitous scenes, like I said, of all these different crocodiles, snakes, amphibians, you know, turtles, and of course, frogs. Uh, you know, that, that was the question that I had earlier when you first started talking about this was, 
you know, the animals fighting back. Now, are these animals like slightly animated or are they just like straightforward animals? Like looking <laughs> sure. like animals. <laughs> they look like animals. They're straightforward animals. I don't think, I don't think, even, I can't even, I don't want to give it away, but there's one scene with a crocodile where I was questioning it, but it looks really real. So okay. yeah, it all looks real and not animatronic and not, uh, definitely not animated. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna try to. It's been a long time since I've seen frogs, <laughs> so I was like, hmm, "What does it look like?" <laughs> so the next category I have is kind of characters or character and actor. Um, Aisha, you've touched a lot on Sam Elliott, which is a, a, obviously a very important part of yes. this <laughs> this movie. Are there any other characters and frogs that you wanted to highlight? I mean, they didn't really develop them very well. So to tell to tell the names, I can come back to the names of them. But the sister, the sister takes a liking to Sam Elliott. And she's kind of like the neutral character throughout. But there is like the characters who are the housekeepers who are black. And then one of the son's girlfriends is a black model and they kind of all team together and I thought that was really interesting and they looked out for each other and they got the hell out of that situation as soon as possible and I loved that for the 1970s because you know it's it's still controversial period in film but it was like these people knew what was up and they got out of there and I really liked that uh, plot theme that they were like oh these crazy these crazy folks just gonna hang out because the part of the plot is that as people were disappearing the grandfather millionaire did not want to stop any of the activities and didn't have like a value of life his birthday was more important so he wanted the day to go mm. on and these people were like yeah i'm out of here <laughs> bye which i thought was smart and awesome so it was kind of like there weren't really Sam Elliott, which truly is the central character and the millionaire, which I believe Jason is his name. Those were the most central characters, but there were there were a lot of little side plots of the different family members wandering off and coming victim to the animals fighting back for their environment and all the all the dark things that that family had put on the land. So. I keep saying Sam Elliott because I just can't believe how hot he is. <laughs> so if you need the eye candy. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> I don't know if I can, I, I can match up to that. But, you know, I've got one of those high school movies where everyone's like 25 or older. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of an interesting thing. But similar, there's not a lot of standout characters. I mean, we're talking about the top 10 of this academy so there's you know 10 main high school people and then also this whole other group of like the doctor that's taking care of our main character who's played by uh glenn ford who's kind of a prolific actor of the 40s 50s 60s mm -hmm. and the main character virginia is played by melissa sue anderson who played Mary Ingalls on the Little House on the Prairie TV show? Oh, this is her like feature film debut. So if you're a uh, little little househead, yeah, guess, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe that'll be a worthwhile watch for you. I think she does a, a pretty good job. She has to balance a lot of different 
things that are happening, a lot of different personality shifts just because of how the movie is set up. So I think she does a good job. The other characters are unexplored. All of the dudes are awful for the most part. Like all of these teenage boys who are playing pranks and are being very menacing. But I think that's not really a a problem in the film, right? Like it's a little bit easier of a watch because you dislike a lot of the characters who are getting killed. So oh, it's not so a slasher like film. Rooting, rooting for them to get killed. Yeah, off. you don't feel as bad for <laughs> for the like outcome of, of a lot of their deaths. Okay. And my favorite character is the headmistress of the school, Mrs. Patterson. She's just this older woman. She's just trying to like keep things in order when she knows she has this group of awful teens that are just trying to ruin this whole town. Um, also, it's in Canada, right? It was, I mean, it was filmed in Canada, but it, they're also seniors in high school who are going to the pub drinking every night. So you're like, well, oh, <laughs> we know that this is not America, <laughs> right? But yeah, they do a lot of. Hmm, a lot of their shenanigans there at the pub as well. So that's kind of a, a thing that goes on. But uh, Mrs. Patterson is great. She talks a little bit about the issues of privilege. Like you kids think you can just go around doing whatever you want because, you know, you're rich. Whereas there's all these other people who have to work hard to get an education and do all these things. It's one of my top notch parts. So overall, not really watching it for a deep character exploration, but I think there's interesting things about the connection between Virginia and her mother uh, and what happened with her mother that gets slowly revealed over the film. So the character journey, at least, I think is interesting as a layer on top of uh, of the film. I was going to say, is it, is it also kind of a little bit of a mystery? Yeah, it's a little bit of a mystery. I think some of the elements in it, I was going to say, are preceding scream right some of the storyline stuff in it is like similar to things that later became more prominent because of scream with the mother and the that history and trying to like put all of that together and then the whodunit aspect is really interesting too we'll get into that into the next section how about i how about i file us over unless you have other questions don't let me don't let me get in the way of your questions jill stone no (laughs) Is it? <laughs> so I'll filter that into atmosphere because I was thinking of for this this debate, it's kind of twofold, right? So does it have a good horror movie atmosphere for one? And then also does it do birthday atmosphere well? How is the birthday element handled in this film? But I'll start with the horror element just because I think the whodunit aspect is really cool and interesting at that time i mean that was a really popular thing for slashers to do is to have a whodunit element right there's some that disregard it altogether right the later friday the 13th films and nightmare on elm street and halloween you kind of know who the killer is at the end of it but things that weren't really in a franchise usually it was this who's the killer we're gonna find out at the end and that takes off from the italian giallo genre so a lot of the slasher movies came out of this italian movement there was other european cinema like this but that were kind of these mystery crime thrillers with also a lot of kind of blood and violence so they were more in the horror 
spectrum. But I think the atmosphere in this one is really strong. It has a good pedigree. The director, Jay Lee Thompson, was already a really accomplished director. He directed the original Cape Fear in the 60s. And yeah, I actually I like that movie, you know. <laughs> ah, good. The the way they used to do it, you know, it was a little bit more, um, it was a less graphic, right? Mm. And more like based on like the development of like tension and suspense and stuff like that. I really like yeah. that. Yeah. So I think this has a good mix of both, right? He still has some of that tension and suspense in a lot of these scenes, but is also very... He was more than happy to go graphic. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I wouldn't say, I mean, this isn't a terribly bloody movie. Like the the murders that happen are pretty, they show things, they're explicit about what's happening, but it's very quick. There mm-hmm. are a lot of quick cuts away from the violence. So it's like a little bit in between. It's not like the most difficult thing <laughs> to right. sit through as some of these other ones. But I think it sets up the a lot of the set pieces well, right? We have a lot of kind of tension building as the students recognize who the killer is, right? The audience, we're not seeing their face, but we see the person talking to them. So we're like, oh, we know that this person knows who they are. Um, what's going to happen? And there's a lot of really interesting camera work throughout the film. There's kind of a lot of wider shots. There's some crane type of shots there's also point of view from like the killer's point of view shots so i think there is just a lot of really interesting use of the camera throughout the film that really makes it i don't know feel more dynamic it feels a bit more highbrow isn't the right word for it but it does (laughs) it feels a little bit more like okay we're not just going to make a cheap slasher film because we can I mean, we're doing it because we want to make money, but we also want to give it something that has a little bit of an extra uh, flair to it, right? So it has bridge the gap, be kind of this artistic quality to it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a there's a there's an art oriented part to it, but then there's also a lot of you know creepy imagery. It does follow a lot of the the same constructs of the slasher films of the time but it subverts some of those tropes um some of the iconography or the imagery of the time i think it really does different things with it and so i really enjoy that part of it and and some of those subversions i can't really talk about just because again they're spoilers but if you see the film you'll understand (laughs) kind of hopefully what i mean okay and then that's the horror side of it. So for birthday wise, the interesting thing about happy birthday to me is obviously, you know, that there's a birthday situation because of the title, but Virginia doesn't reveal that her like birthday is coming up and that things are going to be happening at this birthday party until about an hour and three minutes into the film. Like that's the first time she mentions, oh, my birthday is coming up on Sunday. And like, I'm going to have a party and all these things up until that it's like a different school based thriller. So I think the, the part about the birthday party and how it all wraps around her birthday is really interesting. It's just half the movie isn't about that. So I give it like a five out of 10 in terms of 
birthdayness. Okay. Like, I like how birthdays are used, but it's not actually as central as the title makes it seem. <laughs> right. Yeah, because you would think it would be all about that, with that title. Yeah. Yeah. So you want me to talk about the <laughs> the atmosphere and then the birthday? Tell us about the, the horror atmosphere. The horror atmosphere. So you got to realize that some of the writers and producers of Frogs, uh, which doesn't have a birthday <laughs> title. <laughs> um, <laughs> wrote and created films from the 50s onward that were known. So it definitely has that old element to it. And even some of the actors have the dialects in which they use for the 50s films where it's like, you know, what do you see? I don't know how to do it, but you know what I'm talking about, you know, that, that kind of... Like mid-Atlantic accent? Yeah. The one that's like specifically created for film? Exactly. And so it's it's funny how they use those dialects. And some of them do and some of them don't. How I felt like the horror atmosphere was presented. And of course, this film is completely ridiculous, um, which is why I like it. You knew because there was this kind of like, it's always this, you know, it's always music is a key part of horror films or the lack of it. And they kind of did a, a blend between both. There was like a menacing whistling that would go on, that would get more frantic as you knew like a kill was going to happen. Okay. And I would say panic and frantic were like a huge part of this film's horror aspect because they'd use all these different angles of all kinds of species that there's no way, and I need to do my research, but there's no way that all of those animals actually exist where they were, like that they'd be <laughs> in the same environment and so many, but th it, they really did like they would up the imagery of in the horror aspect, they'd up the imagery of all these animals and angles in the same space as the victim. And they would do these like sweeping angles of like fish eye and like get closer and like do like this whole like uh, suspense element until you understood what was happening. Because it wouldn't be very clear. The panic would just like get more and more and more. And and that would be with the victim and the, and the animals. So it was really classic in that sense because whenever a kill would end too that's when it gets silent right and then you see what has happened and so very 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 classic uh horror kind of atmosphere truly and then as far as the birthday thing goes yeah it took it took a minute not an hour and three minutes i don't know exactly how long but <laughs> at first you were like oh i thought this movie was about a well i know it's about a birthday but beforehand because i'd seen it before it, you wouldn't know right away. You think it's a Fourth of July movie, actually, uh, because mm -hmm. they they the birthday I guess is on the Fourth of July, and that's a big deal. Um, and maybe there was some sort of patriotism going on at the time that they wanted to include as like the enemy, because you didn't like the millionaire character whose birthday it was, and then you also felt empathetic for him because it was like this is the only time that my family sees me this one week out of the year, so. There was that, and he did focus, I think there was a little bit of a strong birthday theme because he, like I said, he wanted his birthday to go on no matter what. Like, you know, it didn't matter mm -hmm. if people died, like this is the only week he gets, it goes on no matter what. Oh, wow. And even if he ends up alone, like he needs this birthday to happen, the activities <laughs> to happen, they have to happen. So and he, there's, there's one shot I'll tell you about that I think is fantastic. Um, and it, it's not really a spoiler, but there's, the movie is called Frogs, and the birthday cake is in a uh, American flag, and the frogs start to like jump all over the the cake, and that is like a really good central theme to the theme to the birthday. So 
menacing frogs on the birthday cake. Destroying <laughs> America, I guess. Destroying the flag. Interesting. Yeah, the frogs. Yeah. The frog legs. Maybe it's about the French. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I'm sure there's some reason. I don't know right now. Oh, well, yeah. Maybe that's why I brought that up, too, because there is... Speaking of French, there are a lot of uh, French-Canadian folks in the film, too. So, in happy birthday to me. So that kind of brings things, uh, even deeper connections. Oh, the frog legs. I was going <laughs> to... This is a sidebar before we get into our next category. Yeah, there's um, a scene in the science classroom where they have just a pair of frog legs, and the, the professor, who's a French-Canadian man, is trying to show them how they can use... Uh, the shocks from that to make the the nerve kick on the frog leg. Oh, yeah. Classic. That's the whole thing. And it also sets off one of Virginia's memories. So it's it's plot crucial. Oh, okay. Great. Well, I have just a, one more before our closing statements. Jill, any any questions from you? Or how how's it going so far? What's your deliberation process let's do a check-in partway through (laughs) well uh you know what i it's so funny because uh you know i had my initial like real quick like right when y'all started talking i had my initial like oh i'm gonna like that movie better right Mm. but then the more that you talked about you know then i started like reevaluating like my you know, initial response. Uh, um, so, so, so I, I guess what I'm saying is you have, you both sort of like made your movies sound more interesting, like, you know, like the, the more that we've gone along. So it's making the choice harder. Okay. Oh, good. That's exactly what we want. <laughs> right. <Great. laughs> Yeah, maybe this last category will will seal the deal. Um, So this last one, before we get into our closing statements, is one good scare. And we carried this over from the the previous call in your defense. So one good scare is just what's one really important scary moment or scene or thing that happens in your movie that you want to share? Because it might give a, an indication of what kind of scary level we're going with. So it can be a, a positive thing, like, I really want something scary in my movie. Or it can be a thing like, it's not as scary as you think, if you're, if you're worried about that, Jill. Um, <laughs> so I'll give my example first, just to kind of think about. But obviously, it's a slasher. So there's a bunch of like scenes like that, where it's just victim, killer, da-da-da. But the one that I think is the is the scariest or has the most tension is there's a scene with Greg, who's one of the top 10, and he's at home lifting his weights and the killer comes in and it's someone he knows. So he's not thinking anything terrible is going to happen. So he asks this person, oh, can you just put some extra weights on my barbell for me? And so it kind of goes back and forth. He's just having a conversation with them about like what's going on at school. And and this is a little bit into the film. So like some of the students have already gone missing. So he's talking about like, oh, these people are missing. What do you think could happen? And as it goes back and forth, we kind of get from seeing this person just from like the neck down to doing a point of view shot with them in their black gloves as they're slowly taking off the lock 
and adding more weight onto the dumbbell. And it builds in this tension, which is them just, they're just talking. It's not even a super like, the killer is in the distance. We don't know what's going to happen. But as the weights get heavier and heavier until they pull out the resting rack so he can't put it back and then drop a weight on him. (gasps) And that's where that scene ends. Wow. Oh my God. It's a very, it's a unique kill. Did Greg not notice that Daddy was putting a lot more weight on there than what he thought? Oh, he was asking for it. He was asking for the weights to be added on. I guess that's where the tension is, too. It wasn't, it, he wasn't being tricked. He was saying, oh, I, this isn't enough for me. I want more and more and more. So his own, uh, he was hoisted by his own petard, I guess. Basically, he just left him there with all the weight and then took the rack out. And so it was just and when the guy couldn't do it anymore, then he would be crushed. Then his, yeah. Oh, couldn't he just like throw it backwards or something? I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> That's the caveat That's I'll make the, for yeah. it. Like, eh, maybe, I guess he could have probably done something else. But... <laughs> oh my God. Okay. But maybe not. Maybe you'll buy into it if you see it. wink wink (laughs) but yeah i think that's a good scary moment in the film okay cool aisha what's your one good scare for frogs you know i feel like it's always when there's in a horror film when there's all the suspense and you like are rooting for them to get away like the moment where they're in transition to getting away and there's the obstacle and that's the scare that i think is always the scariest although i have my favorite scare my favorite scare is ridiculous because it's just like <laughs> so ridiculous, but I'm not going to tell you that. I'm going to tell you the scariest, right? So they're in the canoe, but they're in the water and animals are in the water too, you know? <gasps> and you know, when you're in a canoe, as I'm just assuming we've all been in one um, and you get snagged on something. Mm-hmm. And, and that is like a very real thing that is very relatable to a lot of people is getting snagged. Uh, mm-hmm. And imagine getting snagged and you have to get in the water to get out of it. And this is the the animal's domain. Oh. And I have to mention there are kids involved as well. And so I didn't know the rules in Hollywood then if they'd been established if you kill kids or, you know, like you don't kill a dog in Hollywood. And I'm pretty sure not often do you kill kids in Hollywood. So you don't know, like when you're thinking of the 70s, like what the rules are too. Right. So, so there are kids involved in this and the canoe and the canoe is snagged and you're now Sam Elliott needs for some reason needs to take his shirt off to of jump in the water with his does. jeans. <laughs> for some reason. Of course he does. Absolutely. We're all for it. <laughs> um, and jump out of the canoe to save whoever is left. And you see these water moccasins coming at him and they're coming and they're coming in droves. And so he sees them and he angrily takes the paddle and uh, beats them up in the water because that's how that works. (laughs) Yeah, as a certified, as a park ranger, is that the approach you would take? (laughs) No, I don't know. No. Um, I mean, there's so many like funny, like weapons and situations and that is an, uh, you know, during the getaway. So I'm not going to tell you if 
they're they survived or they did not or if one or the other or anything but that's probably like a good scary moment and element of of what that film is like nice very cool well now we have our our closing remarks Mm -hmm. and then we'll hear jill's deliberation so you can talk us through what you're thinking after we give our last plea to watch this movie okay because once once you pick, it cancels the other movie out of existence forever, as we all know. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, um, but which one will reign supreme? So my final case for happy birthday to me is that it does a great job of capitalizing on the slasher craze of the early 80s by also incorporating a lot of mystery elements and somewhat of the giallo aspect from European cinema. And so it's a really good one to kind of watch just to get a bunch of different flavors and to understand, just like any good birthday cake, rich (laughs) flavors, and understand the genre a little more. So if you're a, a lax or not as deep of a horror fan, you can at least see and appreciate what that genre is about and specifically kind of the slasher mystery genre without having to go through like an exhaustive process. And I think it just offers a lot of interesting little details throughout. There's a lot of little vignettes throughout it. It's not this overarching major plot where you have to like strictly follow it. You can get what is going on by the end, but then just follow the journey as it goes along. And I think that it offers a lot more to people who've never seen these early 80s slashers. It's really even though it did fairly well when it was released, it's one that hasn't gotten quite the the reputation. So I think if anything, my goal is always to get more people to to watch this one and and appreciate what Happy Birthday to me is doing because you know, I think it's a lot of fun and I think you'll have fun watching it. Mhm. All right. And then with frogs, I mean <laughs> if you like ridiculous B movies, which I don't think this was meant to be a B movie, but it has like all the original elements to it, which might make it even better for that for that purpose. And you like the environment and conservation and rooting for animals fighting back. Well, actually, I have to say there is one tie. Sam Elliott, you know, is the is the wildlife photographer like in this film who's all about the conservation and notices this change. And also later on in his life and Parks and Recreation, he fights the spot to mm. be Ron. And he's the Ron that is the conservationist of the wildlife in the woods. Uh, mm. So it kind of carried on throughout his life. <laughs> <laughs> but this movie, I would say, yeah, has all those elements of a B film. It's very classic style, uh, straightforward. It's definitely ridiculous. And there's moments of like, what? (laughs) Uh, Which make it great. And of course, he's in it and he's looking fly. It's got a a lot of ridiculous dialogue um, and probably layers of elements I don't even understand of what's happening of the time. And yeah, all the documentary style shots of all these different amazing animals and incorporating them in real life to this horror film in a very frantic way. I don't know. It's just an all around fun time and somehow rated pg how they do it so they made it a horror movie in pg somehow with animals probably because there's this element of conservation and and uh 
you're rooting for both sides in some way. Yeah. That makes it just a fun little canoe ride of a, a birthday movie. <laughs> <laughs> canoe on a birthday. <laughs> America's birthday. America's birthday. Right, look how I did, guys. You've got like two pages of notes here. Oh my oh, gosh. gosh. Wow. You took as many notes as I did while I was watching. <laughs> okay. Well, so now that we've made our case for each of these movies, these, you know, early horror movies, 70s, 80s, classics, tell us, what, what are you thinking, Jill? What's your, what's your process? How are you going to decide? How are you going to deliberate on this? Well, okay. So like I said, I had a... <laughs> I like, people can't see, but I like Jill took off her glasses. Yes. Put them back on. I'm like, yes, I'm well, serious. Let me get all the details of the case <laughs> written down. All right. So, like I said, I had my initial reaction, which, you know, like my like when you first started describing the movie of, okay, I, I, I'm like kind of like over the whole like teen thing and slasher, like no. And then we had Hot Sam Elliott and Environmental lism on the other <laughs> side which i you know i'm i i strongly support the environment and so i was just like okay i think i'm gonna have to go with frog but you know i i must say as we started like getting deeper into it you know kevin you did make such a good case for happy birthday to me you know bringing up like the whole like mystery thing like that there's some kind of like mystery around virginia and her mom Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, there's a mystery, I think, element to the who done it part, you know, so we're not entirely sure who did it. And, you know, that there was like an artistic aspect to the way the film was made, you know, you cited Cape Fear. It's not terribly bloody. There was like some interesting camera work and and the killer's point of view uh, was was cited a lot. And so it made me reevaluate my initial reaction to this this film and you know so uh, you know and i did i did like your one your one good scare uh you know because that just but i feel like greg could have gotten out of it i really do (laughs) i feel like he could have gotten out of it if he just would have thought a little bit harder (laughs) yeah and of course it's set in the 80s which is great yeah having said all of that What I really liked about frogs first was that the animals get to have some payback, right? I feel like, you know, you can't go wrong there, right? And then uh, I do like the fact that, obviously, I like the fact that Sam Elliott is looking hot and he's taking his shirt off. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I thought, I thought the, um, the black housekeeper and the and, the, and those characters, the fact that they kind of like saw like the writing on the wall and got the hell out, uh, unlike the white people who were probably like, you know, that's just how white people are. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they were listening to the dad or the grandfather. Yeah. They don't know when to leave. And uh, yeah. so they always get killed. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, no, I thought that was great. You know, also, like, the stubbornness of the grandfather. Like, I got to have my birthday no matter what. I don't care who dies. <laughs> I mean, that is like, okay, 
old folks, right? They are stubborn <laughs> in their ways. And it's like, hey, I got my routine. We do this every year. We're going to do it. <laughs> and I did like the fact that there was sort of an element of the ridiculousness about it. So, you know, me with my, like, all of my anxiety and, like, my, like, I do have this thing, like, if it's, like, too tense and too, like, oh, that could really happen to me. <laughs> oh, my God. So with the sense of the ridiculousness and, like, this could never happen in a million years. Uh, I think it's just like a safer watch <laughs> for mm. me personally. <laughs> if there's no way, well, because first of all, if I'm in a canoe in the water, I'm not getting out of that canoe. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to take your shirt That's off. That's why you and... have Sam Elliott. <laughs> yeah. Water to save anybody. <laughs> it's like you're on your own. <laughs> All right. So I think I'm going to have to go with frogs. <laughs> I need I need like an exploding air sound. You know, one thing you said that I didn't even think about now is like traditionally horror films have like the woman like showing off her tits or something like some sort of sexy woman element. And this actually had a sexy man element. No sexy women element. Exactly. That's kind of interesting. That gives me that makes me like the film even more. Yeah. Sam Elliott was a true pioneer. Right, right, right. Uh, but now I kind of want to watch your film. <laughs> I think Kevin <laughs> sold, sold me, though. I need to see Happy Birthday to Me. <laughs> yeah, it's I found it for free on Plex. Okay. So that's one with ads, which makes it a little bit of a, a challenge. But yes, definitely check out Happy Birthday to Me. Well, thank you both so much. And congratulations, Aisha, <laughs> thank on, you. on winning our second call in your defense yeah. for the birthday shenanigans um no i'm really excited because that that gives us now we can start building a roster of um oh yeah you could do you, of, could, <laughs> you could do a winner prosecutors i don't know what to call you <laughs> yeah you could, but you could do a, a winner circle right like a yeah the all-stars the all-stars of things. <laughs> yes. before we go how can we uh find you all on the internet or in the world, where should we look for you? Let's start with Aisha. You can find me on Twitter at Aisha, A-Y-I-S-H-A, or on Instagram at A Jaffy Jaff. You can guess how to spell that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a link. To, I'll put a link. <laughs> They'll find a way to spell it. Perfect. Great. And Jill, you have big news as well. We talked a little bit about it in the last episode you were on, but now... Or closer. Yes. Well, yes. So the album is is finished and all, you know, mixed, mastered, everything. All the files have gone off, you know, for pressing now. So we're in the pressing phase. We're doing vinyl, which will be like, it's new to us. Uh, so, so it's kind of exciting. It's a new process to go through. Um, but I, I think it's going to be great. It'll be coming out the like the end of the year. And you can find me on, um, you know, social media like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Jill M. Stone Music. The M stands for music. Yes. Uh, right. <laughs> right. Great. Yeah. And you can always look for us on social media at Calls Inside Pod. That's all one word. So definitely, if you're listening, keep track. Go watch some frogs. 
maybe do a double feature, Fletch Frogs and Happy Birthday to Me. And, you know, keep it creepy. Click. Did you hang up? No, I just said click.